Real Man Sports, another episode. We've got Alan Sislowski here. Last week, I was sick. And also, uh, I mentioned this on the Real Man Wood podcast. Heather and Sasha, I mean, Heather, it would be easier if Sasha was with her. Heather went by herself to the States. So it was Sasha, me, and Oscar. And I had to deal with all of it, you know, taking her to basketball, taking her to, you know, school, picking her up from school, walking Oscar six times a day, taking Oscar with us because he's uh, whines quite a bit when he's left by himself in the house. So, uh, it was a lot. And then I got sick on top of it. I don't know if it was COVID. I don't test for COVID anymore. But I had something that could have been a cold or COVID. And that knocked me out for a couple of days. So I did not do this podcast. But um, but we're doing it now. And I got Alan back to help me out. What's going on, man? How you doing? They say the bad thing about retirement is you never get a day off, right? <laughs> well, I was, I'm was. i going to write a post on this. It's funny that you just brought this up. Is that so, you know, I just didn't do the podcast last week and I just didn't do the Real Man Wood podcast. I actually recorded a Real Man Wood, but I didn't release it because I didn't like it. So I, I didn't, but the, the editing is all the work. I didn't even bother editing it. So I just didn't do that work. And the next week, okay, I started again. I'm doing all the work that I normally do. And normally if you go on vacation or if you get sick in your real job in 2022, um, oh no, you got to make up that last week that you didn't do because there's emails <laughs> that you didn't answer and there's projects that are not done and you just you don't get a week off you get a week where you don't do anything but now you just got to squeeze that undone work into your subsequent weeks even if you're sick even if you you're on oh vacation for two weeks it didn't used to be like that you used to actually take time off come back and you know i think voicemail was the beginning of the end in the 80s when you had voicemail oh shit now i can like have 10 voicemails that i got to get back to but then email but voicemail still there was like a, a lag time that was you know you weren't necessarily at home you didn't have a cell it wasn't cell phone voicemail it was landline voicemail and now, you know, like the speed that people expect a response, like you've got a hundred emails you got to respond to, and then you're getting new emails coming in during your current week. And so I just said, you know, one good thing about being retired and doing your own thing is I really didn't have to catch up. Like, I just was like, fuck it. I'm not doing this. And then yeah, I'll you, just do it next week. Yeah. You brought up an interesting thing. And like anyone that that was working like fully integrated into like a cubicle type of office job in like the late nineties. The, 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 always, the trick was always to leave someone a voicemail Sunday night if you couldn't get them on the phone because when they got there Monday morning, that would be the first voicemail and you'd get to the front of the line, right? But now you send, like you said, you send the email to someone at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. You don't even think about it. You know they're going to get it, but it's like you almost get pissed if, they're not, if there's not a response by the morning. So, uh, And the other thing you mentioned about being sick, uh, some people do sick well. If I just get like a slight cold, man, my I just shut down like completely. Like, I can't even like think about work, and you know I, you do your best. But uh, at least man the- goes to a packed uh, concert when he's <laughs> sick. I mean, Nutless <laughs> Monkey stays home and tries to get well. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean it depends. Yeah, I get colds pretty bad. You know, body aches. I don't want to deal. But you know, you can kind of lie on your back and type in the laptop a little bit. But I yeah. just you know recording a podcast didn't have the energy for it. And, uh, and that's fine. And I just didn't fucking do it, you know? And okay. Sue me, you know, I mean, people may, if they, if they're mad about that, they could not subscribe. That's fine. You know, I, nothing I can do about that, but I'm just going to do that. And, and it's weird that that's the anomaly. Like you, you just don't really have a choice except to make it up later. Uh, and it was just, I was just thinking it's such a luxury not to have to even make that up. Right. And like even some of the guys at Rotowire, if they're going to be out or if they're sick, like, you know, like they'll say, hey, who can cover the podcast for me? You don't have to do that is the benefit of, you know, I'm going to put retirement air quotes because you're not retired. You're just not you're working for yourself now. So you decide what goes on. So I make the joke about retirement, but you're you're fully a a solopreneurship right now. 
I am. That is true. That, that's right. I'm not really retired. I like to say I'm retired because it sounds good to me. It's funnier. I like, I, it's... I like to hear it. I like to hear it in my ear. Like, oh, you're retired. No, I'm, I'm doing stuff all the time. Right. It's, and, it's just and, funny. It's funny to say retired yeah, because like you're a young it. man. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> Portuguese, it's uh, reformado. Reformado. Oh. So reformado. They say, what do you do? So reformado. Yeah, yep. So, um, yeah. all right. So let's talk a little uh, sports football. So congratulations on the beat Chris list. You killed it. You got the the full prize, 1500 or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And uh, so beat Chris list three, by the way. So anyone this, you know, there is a difference between beat Chris list one, two, and three, three is the cheat code to beating Chris list. I mean, this is where you basically are swinging. Like you're, you're like the guy who's blindfolded swinging at the pinata at that point. You know, you're just like mm-hmm. bored of your picks. Actually this year though, you stuck to your guns. You did stick. No, to but guns. I didn't. I, I, I was oh. the only league I had Kyle Pitts round three. I took Javante Williams in round two. So I had Barkley. Okay. Now he was fine. Now it's fading. So that, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Javante in round two, that was terrible. And Kyle Pitts in round three was even worse because I used him for so long. Um, And yet, you know, if I had had a big day last week, I would have been in, I would have been the number two. I was only like 30 points out of, out of the number two points guy. But 30 Uh, points. NFFC is kind well, I guess in a single league, it's no big deal, but in 30 points in the overall standing, it's like a DFS oh. contest. You're like, Oh, it's, it's no, thousands down, but I'm just saying like, in terms of making right. the playoffs, I wasn't that far. And, but that one, uh, I, you know, that wasn't my best team, but the first one I did, like, I, I probably missed the playoffs by another, like maybe 50 points or something. And mm-hmm. I had Ramondre ETN and Barkley as my three backs going in. They're all top 11 on the fantasy pros list. And they combined three of them for 13 points. So, that last week. So that was tough. But so I didn't make any of the beat Chris list playoffs. Um, but I did obviously I won the prime time, which is the high stakes. So I'll take it. Um, I would have liked to win one more at least, but I'll take the I'll definitely take it. And I had Ramondre, Parkley, and ETN in that league too. It's just that I had Trevor Lawrence um and a couple other things go my way, and that the guy I was competing with, this guy, Brian Eng, who is a contributor to Real Man Wood mm. um and also Chrislist.com. And I've emailed what does he do? over the years. What does Brian do for uh, the I'm site? I'm not sure what is. Uh, no, I don't mean he's a contributor. Like he oh, oh he's a contributor. Money. Yeah, gotcha, a contrib- gotcha. yeah. <laughs> he's not just a contributor. He's a contributor. <laughs> right. Okay? And this was before I had to pay Substack or anything. He just was, you know, I was when I just put out the Stripe link and he, and he um, contributed to it um, generously. And, I, and I've, been, I've emailed him here and there over the years. You know, we've, we've, he's just one of the guys who responded to some stuff. And this guy led, I'm just going to talk about this. It's hilarious. I mean, hilarious, not hilarious for him but just crazy. He led the whole year in points by a lot. And so I had the best record. I was like one in three, just like last year. And then I just didn't lose after that, but I was always like second in points. And he was first by, you know, a hundred points or 80 points usually. And because I, I took CEH in round eight, he took Josh Jacobs. I uh, passed on Nick Chubb in round four because I need a receiver. He took Nick Chubb. He took Jamal Williams in round 12. So he had Jacobs, Jamal Williams and Nick Chubb in four, eight and 12. And so he, you know, he had the best team and, but in the penultimate week, um, he had Lamar Jackson who got hurt after like a point in the first quarter. So he probably lost like 25 points out of that. Just, you know, if it's the fourth quarter, you know, he's probably, he's in second place uh, right now. And then the last week he had T Higgins. He was one of the guys with T Higgins, totally scratched. And then he had Tyler Huntley, a quarterback who, Got hurt in like what the first half got seven points. So <clears throat> he lost the Lamar Jackson points, the Tyler Huntley points, and T. Higgins getting him a zero, who's you know worth like 16 every week. Yeah, it's death. Uh, and and you know, so so I was so it didn't matter that I had ETN <laughs> Ramondre and Barkley. 
um, because the other guys who had decent weeks were so far behind me. Yeah, so you brought up a lot of the names, which actually I, I wanted to ask you about. I mean, start with Barkley. I mean, I know, you know you're passionate about the Giants, but it really does bring up an interesting question for moving forward here. It's like, I guess really the Giants have like a big decision to make and it's going to impact fantasy football, which is why I want to tie the two together. You have, you know, you have Daniel Jones and Barkley. They can only franchise tag one of them. The other one they have to pay. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they want to pay either one. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But also, how do you explain Barkley really fading down the stretch here? And does that, what do you think that does for his fantasy value next year? I mean, Fantasy cost or fantasy value? It'll bring down the Fan- cost. Fantasy cost, cost. Yeah, it'll bring down the cost, and we'll see. I mean, there's still a few games left, obviously, and we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, they lost John Feliciano, the center, for a game or two. They lost uh, Evan Neal for a few games. They lost a couple offensive linemen. They lost Daniel Bellinger, their tight end, who blocks, but he's you know their only decent pass catcher. I don't know how good of a blocker he is. Uh, but the offense just kind of fell apart. You know, they lost Wondell Robinson for the year. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you have Darius Slayton, and a bunch of scrubs. Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, well, he's their next best guy, and he's actually been okay. But, like, but you know, like, uh, what's his name? Richie, Richie James. James. Terrible. He's terrible. Like, there's, they, you know, Kenny Galladay's been hurt, and when he plays, he drops every pass that's thrown his way. Like, it's just really disastrous. Thankfully, they traded Tony, who's already hurt again. Like, it's like, yeah, that's why they traded him. Um, but, you know, they, they just, they didn't have any other weapons. So teams were like, we're just going to stop Barkley. And the offensive line was compromised. So, like, you know, what, what is Barkley going to do? He's not going to do anything. And then Barkley got a little dinged up the last couple of weeks. So then, you know, this, it was all those factors. There's nothing wrong with Barkley. You saw how good he is uh, yeah. in the first half of the season. He's not injured significantly. He had like a tight neck or something, stiff neck. Um, but the Giants are not, their offense, I mean, it's a miracle with Dable and what they've done that they're even where they are. The offense they have is, is probably the worst personnel in the league. Like, like Ooh. 32. You know, I mean, maybe if you look at like Houston, I mean, Houston is, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, if you take out Barkley, I'll, I'll give the Giants because D- Danny Dimes has been decent, right? But otherwise, you know, Andrew Thomas, Danny Dimes, and Barkley. That's that's the offense. Slayton's okay. Um, Slayton's like it. a good number three on a team. He's, he's like, like a number three, a deep right. threat. He's just kind of like, and he's not even that fast, right? So he's like a four three nine. He's not like a true burner. But, you know, so that that's the environment in which he's playing. And it's tough. It's tough to... to uh, get going um and they're creative about getting the ball but there's only so much they could do so I, i'm not worried about barkley um the player but he is getting older and i if i'm the giants i'm not extending him to some you know major contract i would sign him maybe to a two-year nice deal for two years or something like, like that like six and a half to set to eight a year i mean that's what he's I mean, gonna cost six and a half to eight million a year yeah no problem right <clears throat> i mean what two years yeah. yeah fine uh but I would franchise dimes because he might actually be really good and they, they need to find out. They still haven't found out because they've never given him anything. They've given him a decent offensive scheme this year and he's actually played well, but the receivers are terrible. So I would franchise dimes. I don't think you can extend dimes because he might be bad too. And then you're screwed because you've just paid him a whole bunch of money for uh, to a bad quarterback. So you need to franchise him. That's the option you need to secure. And Barkley, um, you know, you can't give him more than, you know, 10? not that. I mean, like guarantee, I don't know. I don't know what NFL contracts are like, but guarantee him 10 and make it like 60, you know, 80 year or something, 60 year. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I think running back's important. And, I, you know, I have another thought. I know I got to let you talk at some point. No, no, but, no, no, no. I'm, not, we're, I'm but, just here to okay, chew you up right, here, man. Right, okay. Good. But 
I, I had an idea. I should write a, a column about this, about, you know, the whole running backs don't matter stupidity that, that was going around. It's just a, a stupid take. And, and here's why, because the NFL team is a complex system. And so if running backs don't matter for a year or they matter less for a year, then teams will invest in DBs and play a lot of uh, coverage guys and, and, and set up the team so that to, to deal with that thing. And then of course, this strategy is going to change what's optimal because the defense has realized that oh, this doesn't matter very much in this context. And so the system will move. It's like a kaleidoscope. It doesn't stay mm. still. And then all of a sudden that running back that's bludgeoning the smaller backs that actually doesn't go down when these guys try to tackle him um, is the key is the difference maker. And then they bring back the bigger linebackers and, and it does, and it's very hard to break those tackles and only a very rare guy will break them. They still matter, but you know, it's a different kind of guy. And then all of a sudden it's the big wide receiver that matters and they get the bigger corners and it's the super quick, untouchable wide receiver. The Antonio Brown emerges after it was always, you know, Brandon Marshall, Terrell Owens, Andre Johnson. All of a sudden it was like Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. Now, now the receivers are like CD lamb, you know, they're, they're skinny as hell. Now these little receivers, they're not even like, they're not these jacked guys that used to be. And this evolves all the time. And so to say, this doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You could say, I think running backs are being are, are not very important given the way the NFL set up right now, but next year or in a different scheme or in a particular game or in a certain system, of course they matter. So the idea that like, you know, that, that this is just the case in a complex system like that. I just think that's just, it's a terrible way to look at it. It's just like you say right now, I think this is, this guy's more valuable because he, because, because the way that teams are playing him, he's changing the, He's changing the way the defense is played much more than this guy, and it's, it's having a bigger impact. It's It also is team context dependent, right? You remember when a couple years back when uh, Kansas City took uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a luxury pick in the first round? They thought that that would be the, the cherry on top to a, a complete team, right? So also when you go for the luxury running back, um, you, you presumably it's almost like the last piece, but I know what you're saying. It all depends on how the personnel on the defense. If he were Christian McCaffrey, the Chiefs would have been like unstoppable, right? Jonathan he would have been Taylor. like Alvin Kamara, you know, or if he were someone like that, Barkley. If he were someone like that, all of a sudden you're like, wait, they have Mahomes and that guy? Yeah. Like Mahomes is scrambling and now he's dumping it to McCaffrey, who then, you know, makes a play in open space. I mean, it would make a big difference. They, that's who they thought he might be. Alvin Kamara, someone like that. And he, he hasn't been or wasn't. So, you know, but that, that, you know, that doesn't, you know, that was the idea at least. Yeah. I mean, look, think, and also just to play the draft, what if, I mean, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift were both available at that point and they were considered the better prospects. It's like they reached for CEH, but you, I just wanted to back up a little bit thinking about like what Saquon Barkley would command as far as a contract, just to give you, would you say Dalvin cook is probably a decent comparable, um, Eight yeah. point, he makes eight point three million this year and ten point four next year, um, fully guaranteed. Let's see. I guess they can get out of Dalvin next year. There's a little bit. Uh, it's only a six million dead cap. Um, yeah. So you're you're Barkley's probably going to want ten a year with multiple years guaranteed. Who knows if that's where they'll be? But you know, so that I mean, that's I mean, what, so I don't know. I'm not really into the cap stuff, so I don't really yeah. know like what like uh, relative. That's a good comp, but like I don't really know like total amount i know qbs can get like 30 a year or something off the cap or whatever it is but you know in terms of like you know what you that's pay a for lot a db that's high you pay for a yeah an, a left tackle you know what i don't know all that stuff but i, I feel like barkley still got two good more years and needs to be in a good system 
And, you know, I, I assume the Giants uh, will draft a receiver and they will shore up the offensive line. They don't need much. I mean, they got Evan Neal. And if, if he can round, you know, Andrew Thomas has turned into a good player. So they're not far from having a good offensive line and the system's good. I think they just need a receiver. And I think they give Danny Dimes the franchise, give him a year to prove it um, with a decent system and decent receivers, maybe sign a free agent receiver. And then, uh, and, and then I would try to get Barkley in there. But yeah, I mean, if it's like more than two years, more than, you know, 16 gear, I don't know what the, what the price is, but, but yeah. you don't want to give too much of a chunk to a guy who um, has been hurt and he's that age. But I, would, I, I think like it's okay to pay up for a really good, proven, multi-talented pass-catching running back. And I would, I would hope that they keep him for a reasonable price, but not more than two years, obviously. Yeah, the next year is very flush, by the way, with these veteran running backs that are good. Josh Jacobs is going to be in the open market. And Miles Sanders is a free agent. You know, Barkley, we talked about. It's David Montgomery. That class is the free agent class. So there's going to be some musical chairs there. And, you know, in the in the top of the podcast, you'd mentioned uh, Josh Jacobs and what's a lesson learned from there. I mean, when best ball season opens, and I know you don't hit it right away because you start getting into baseball a little bit, but, you know, Josh Jacobs, you're going to have to draft him not knowing if he's going to even be a Raider. So I guess, what did we miss that we could that we should have seen with Josh Jacobs, specifically with Miles Sanders? Because nobody wanted those guys. Nobody. Yeah, I got Sanders, who was on my bench for Barkley and ETN. And you just took him. He fell to you. You didn't, like, yeah. go in no, the no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, he was a first rounder a couple of years ago. I did that last year. It didn't work. Mm. And then I thought he's probably like last year. They only use them early downs. They'll bring in the other guys like way too much. You know, you'll see Boston Scott there in like the second series. Gainwell. Right. All these guys. And Gainwell is the pass catcher. But um, but the Eagles, you know, one thing that happens, the Eagles are really good. And I I think people, some people are on the Eagles, but I don't think they thought they were going to be the best record in the league at this point. And so their offensive line stayed healthy. They've been really banged up the last few years. That's huge. So he's had Jalen a great Hurts. offensive line. Jalen Hurts has played great. Um, obviously, A.J. Brown, people knew was going to make an impact, but he sort of maxed out that impact. So um, everything kind of fell into place. And Sanders stayed healthy. He'd been banged up a lot uh, the last few years. So that one, I think, was easier to see. Uh, Jacobs, I, I was like, I passed him in the fucking eighth round for CEH, okay? <laughs> and I was like, CEH has upside, right? He's the starter. And Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they got rid of Tyreek Hill, and you know maybe they'll throw a lot of short stuff, you know. And for a couple of weeks, he was actually producing in fantasy, although on my bench sometimes Touched, it was touchdown dependent. Yeah, though. it was touchdown yeah. dependent, but yeah. you know, fine. That's part of why you, you buy into the Chiefs. Um, but I was I had no interest in Jacobs at you know eighth <laughs> no. round. Even I was like, I was like, this guy's going to share carries with Zamir White. You know, uh, he's going to come out on third downs. They don't throw to him. I didn't realize he caught 50 passes last year. I was like, they're not going to throw to him that much. Uh, and he's always hurt too. He was always banged up. He was on the injury report and he still is. But when you saw the healthy version, he just, he was like Derrick Henry on the ground. And he was like what I expected out of Barkley, like just that on the ground and yet catching passes uh, deftly and, and running after the catch. And so What's you, the lesson? The lesson is yeah. don't assume you know the guy's skill level at 24 years old, three years in the league that well. Like, you know something about him. And that's why I took CEH too, right? I mean, that was the, the wrong choice. But it was like, we don't know for sure. You know, I think CEH is kind of a bust almost for sure at this point. But heading into this year, I think it was an open question. And I should have been more like that about Jacobs too. It was just that 
I had sort of made up my mind on Jacobs and I, I probably shouldn't have done that. Remember the narrative on Jacobs was when he played in that preseason game was, Oh, he's playing in the first preseason game. That, that means he's definitely out. They're getting yeah. rid of him. I mean, oh, whereas, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Remember that narrative where like he went from like the sixth round to the eighth round, just based on that, his usage in, in the first preseason game. I, I think that the signs that we, that a lot of people miss was new coach, right? So um, the, the also that he they declined his fifth year option. So do you think there's anything to they declined him, but he's still going to be on the team. So that's a run him till the uh, you know to run the tires off him type of thing. Do you think that's a signal no. that we can pick up on? No, because the Raiders are you know basically out of the playoffs all year. They've had a bad year and they're still running him. So they're not doing it like hey, let's just take advantage of this for our playoff run. Like there's no reason to run him into the ground if you're not making the playoffs, right? You might as well check out Zamir White. Like, is he any good or can we use him? So I just think he's been good and he's by far the best back on the team. And they're like, let's use, you know, the logically the player that's our best guy. Um, but, you know, it was, yeah, it was just one of those things where um, we prematurely decided who he was kind of and found out that, oh, remember that guy that was drafted in the first round that was good as a rookie? Well, that's actually who this guy still is. He's healthy right. now. Yeah. So the uh, the other thing I think is really interesting is like all the the quarterbacks because we were moving in in the first month of the season. We were talking on a, a real man sports podcast about how quarterbacks could actually enter the first round in single quarterback leagues. Not I've, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> Not anymore. That's, that's over. Yeah. That's so you know, I mean, is Mahomes and Jalen Hurts? Let's assume things stay the same. Are they second round picks next year? Fourth, fifth. They're gonna. It's gonna be the same. Uh, I, I just think all those guys, Allen, Mahomes, Hurts. I think Lamar is is dead to everybody now. I, I mean, I was wrong about him. Then I was right for the wrong reason. And then I was right about him. He got hurt, and obviously it's bad luck. He got hurt in the first quarter. But those running quarterbacks get hurt. Now Justin Fields is also a guy you could take in the fifth round, but. You know, you just just realize, like, take Justin Fields in the fifth and then take, you know, Kirk Cousins in the 12th because um, you're, there's a good chance Justin Fields is going to get hurt. It's just when you when you play like that, you're going to get hurt. Now, Josh Allen's the exception because he's a bit Sorry. like Cam Newton. He's, he's bigger. Um, and Justin Fields is, like, more crazy when he runs. He's faster. He's running, like, more full speed and open field. Josh Allen, like, kind of trucks a guy and then, like, slides or gets hit once or hurdles he hurdles now that's like his new move hurdling's dangerous <laughs> it's very reckless so i guess really what what i'm getting at here is who do you because there's a quarterback specifically that i have in mind that i think is going to be like quarterback 22 just because there's uncertainty in these early drafts but who do you think has the second best offense we know the eagles have the best offense in the nfc who, what team, just off the top of your head right now, rest of season, has the best, second-best offense in the NFC? Including the QB? Just the best offense. Or, you think? I, mean, I mean, the best yeah. offense around or, the QB or including the everything, QB? Including the QB, everything. Okay. I mean, I mean, the Lions are pretty There good. it is. There it is. There dude, it is. I, well, I bet against the Lions a couple times, and I'm like, dude, just – and I had all these Jaguars going against them, and I'm like, just fucking stop this eight-minute drive. And they couldn't. They just kept doing it, and that's why I bet them against Minnesota. I'm like – Minnesota can like sling the ball around, but the Lions just do like an eight or nine minute drive every time and nobody can yep. seem to stop it. And the offensive line is good. The receivers are good and the running backs are decent. And then, and then the quarterback is okay. And that's enough. See Jared Goff. Let's remember he's the, he was the number one pick yep. in the draft was dead. Right. And then Sean McVay basically revives him in, in, at the Rams. And then 
Remember that trade with Stafford? It was just like, take him. We'll give you a first round pick to take him. Right. And now when the conditions around him are good again, he's, he's, he's able to run what I think is the second best offense in the NFC. So I, I guess really, I, and what do you think the chances are that Jared Goff is the starter next year? Now the Lions would have pick four if the draft was today. So they, they can draft a rookie quarterback because the other teams, if let's say everything holds to form, Houston has one. They'll presumably take a quarterback. Seattle via Denver has their, I would say they're probably going to stick with Geno, right? I mean, that's a, at least a 50. So. Yeah. Right. Then Chicago has field. So that lean, that lands Detroit in position to get QB two, you know, if things hold the form, no trades. So even if they take QB two, or do they even need to take QB two? I guess that's really my question here. What I was leading back to with asking about Detroit's offense is, is what do you think the chances are? Jared Goff is the starter for 2023 on a percentage. I think I think it's like 85. percent That's what I, I mean. Think. I'm 90. I mean, like why? I, the only way he's not is if they love some guy who's there so much that they're able to get rid of Goff. I don't think Goff's on the roster, and they're going to make him the backup to some guy who's never played before after Goff's had like you know, a very solid season. I, I don't think that happens. I mean, if you, you know, even Alex Smith started over Patrick Mahomes when Patrick Mahomes was drafted. I mean, it's very rare that you have the guy on the roster. Remember uh, Garoppolo started over Lance last year. I mean, that's just normal. And those guys aren't even good. Right. And, and now you, I mean, Alex Smith was good the year before, but Alex Smith's best year actually was when Mahomes was on the roster as a rookie. He wasn't as good before that, but uh, yeah, golf will start almost certainly. And you know, if you don't see the guy at number two, I mean, these, again, these like spreadsheet dorks uh, have been wrong about almost everything. I mean, all these QBs like, no, you got to take Zach Wilson. Oh, you got to, you got to take Sam Darnold and you got to take the QB no matter what. This has been disastrous for these franchises, like one after another, even Kyler Murray, right? Like now he's out for another year. You know, he was, he was good for a bit, but like Marcus Mariota, remember Marcus Mariota going back. James Winston, Mariota, Wentz, what about Wentz, right? Like all these guys. And you're supposed to not just have a guy like Wentz who had an MVP 10 game campaign and then got hurt and they won the Super Bowl. You're supposed to have a guy who's good for 10 years at number one, right? But what you end up getting is either a guy who's very inconsistent or a guy who's actually a negative. And, the, you know, there's a couple exceptions like Josh Allen, but Josh Allen was the guy the stat heads hated. They thought that was a huge reach, a, a prospect. Same with Herbert was too raw, right? Like the guys, you know, Burrow has panned out big time and that was a great number one pick. But most of the guys, by far most, you know, Trubisky was the number two pick have been disastrous and not just like, Oh, they're not good players. Right. There's right. many bad defensive tackles, the bad running backs, bad, whoever that get taken early. But if you have a bad pick of that, it doesn't destroy your franchise for three years. All it does is waste the opportunity cost of a better pick. But, but with the quarterback, it's not just like you didn't get that cornerback. Who's good. It's that you're that and your team sucks for three years until you move on, but you can't move on because it's hard. And so, um, <clears throat> so I think the lions, you know, with that offensive line, they have, you know, if they, and they got, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, as a pass rusher, if they get, and they have Jeff Okuda, he's playing better. If they get like a, a premium corner or a premium, you know, interior, uh, you know, a guy who can push the pocket or, or some stud, you know, defensive player, like a linebacker who can cover and, and rush, like just get that and, and stick with the offense that you have. Like to me, like the idea, you must always take the QB, Again, it's just like that dogmatic thinking is flawed. Like I, I don't. I think you could build a Super Bowl winner with, um, you know, with, with the other pieces around him, unless you have a guy you think is Mahomes, and then of course you take Mahomes. But that's like once a decade, and that really is once a decade that, that Mahomes comes around. 
So Jared Goff, again, just talking contract, just to give you perspective, he, he's only $20 million if they keep him next year. I mean, that's, that's like nothing. You know, I mean, that's that's lower than the franchise tag. So it's not cost prohibitive to keep him either. And they can even have him under uh, control for the following year for just a slight bit more. So, yeah, when you think about those things, like you said, even if they draft a rookie, which I don't think would, you know, like you said, unless they're in love, uh, he's the QB. And he's going to be, I'm telling you, like, Q, well, I think they're about to go on like a crazy run right now as far as offense. You know, it's going to be them and the Giants fighting for that last playoff spot. It's I know, be, and they're you know. going different directions. And, and they <laughs> beat the Giants head-to-head pretty easily. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can, uh, I, yeah, I could see it. I could see them just sticking, staying pat, standing pat. Stick with quarterbacks for a second. So I, I think really the, the where I was going to with this next question is really about Baker Mayfield because, you know, you saw Jared Goff basically bottom out at value and now he is valuable. And look, I, I know Baker Mayfield probably is, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't call him a bus pick at number one. He's been something. He may have been disappointing, but you got to at least see like why he was drafted as a, as a first round quarterback last, last week when he made that nice, uh, you know, it was bad the whole game, but you know, that last drive was, was pretty cool. Uh, so is Baker Mayfield, he's going to be drafted at the end. I mean, he, if, if, what if Stafford decides to retire, you could see McVay, uh, saying, okay, let's give Baker Mayfield a one year contract too. So do you think guys, are you interested? Do you think that given his profile as the number one overall pick that he could be alive for next year? Yeah, I mean, here's the here's the weird. The story was, you know, McVeigh came in and freed golf from Jeff Fisher, and mm. everything turned around, and that obviously had something to do with it. But it also might have been that the offensive line was better, the scheme was new, the league took a, a minute to adjust to it, and they were really good all of a sudden. And then golf was terrible with McVeigh himself. He was terrible, and then Stafford was great, and he said, "Oh, it's golf. It's not McVeigh. Obviously, McVeigh is the guy who rescued golf, so it can't mm. be McVeigh." But then this year, Stafford is terrible. I mean, before he got hurt, he was horrible. I drafted yeah. him. He was terrible. And Goff is good. And so now it's like, oh, it's just the situation. It's just the totality of the situation. And the truth about most quarterbacks, of all quarterbacks, but, but in terms of like there's some that can sort of transcend that or they're better when it's good and worse when it's bad. But like 80% of the quarterbacks are just like that. They're just like Goff. They're good when it's good. They're bad when it's bad. And we're like chasing the, oh, Baker's good. He's bad. He's good. He's bad. Goff's good. He's bad. It's like, no, it's just the circumstances. Like these guys, you're right. Baker and Goff, both number one overall picks and both proved that they're not bust. They're not like, oh, the situation's good and you still suck. You know, he, they can be good under the circumstances. And so, yeah, Baker could be golf, but the upside is very limited for fantasy, right? Like what's he going to do? Be like, you know, 27 touchdowns and he doesn't run. You know, I, how, how, you know, how good could it get really? Matt, he could be a matchup guy in single quarterback leagues. Yeah, and, you sure, know, sure, if Cooper, sure. I mean, think about Baker Mayfield with Cooper cup. You, you, you have to be somewhat interested in that, right? If, if Stafford, I mean, Stafford, there's what, like a 25% chance he retires. I mean, he he's won super bowls. He's had, you know, he's, he's, he's probably super one of the bowl. last yeah. super bowl. He's won a super bowl, <laughs> right? But he's, he's hall of fame walk in with his numbers. And he's also Is one he of the hall last of fame walk in Stafford. I think so with numbers, you know, I mean, again, it's just how, how it works with the Super Bowl. Right? So I much inflation now in the last decade, yes. you know, like yes. the, it's like, oh, let's compare his numbers to Joe Montana as well. There you go. Can't really do that. You know, I and, don't know. I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer in my mind. No, I agree. I agree. I would say Eli is more of a Hall of Famer just because of when he showed up, you know, it's, but uh, I, think that, he, I think that would be close. I, I would yeah. go, uh, those two were close. Yeah. But also Stafford from a, just a finance uh, perspective, he was one of the last guys that got the mega 
rookie contract. So he's been paid, I think, three or four times now. Mm. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars in the NFL. So it's not like, you know, I need this extra. He's not like Brady losing it all in FTX, right? <laughs> like he doesn't have to come back at age 60. <laughs> Poor Brady, right? It's like, God, can I just retire already? Like he's going to work to like the real retirement age in football yeah. as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, you, so there's two more quarterbacks uh, that I wanted to ask you about. It, it was obviously it was Brady, and then what do you think the Jets are going to do? So either one of those, Brady. I love the Jets. I'm so, so happy the Jets exist. I just love it. It's so good. Did, you, did you see my GPT uh, joke yeah, about Zach yeah, Wilson? Yeah, yeah, I love about it. How he write up a story how he left football to uh, run a harem solely comprised <laughs> of his mom's friends. And it was like, Zach Wilson, as people know, you know, is an unusual guy. And, he, he devoted himself full time to pleasing and servicing the harem composed of his mom's friends. That was a great, I was, well, like, I was he's the 1.1 1. 1 in that. I mean, I, I just, you know, it, but seriously though, I, I'm curious of what you think that they do because the, the smart money is treat him like, I mean, the smart play is to treat him like Josh Rosen, right? Just move on if you can. But I guess really those options are not going to be available to the jets, but there are going to be, you know, I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of Colt McCoy types out there. There's going to be a lot of Jacoby Brissett types that could, you know, steady an offense. So uh, if you, you know, you talked about a minute ago about how you have to like kind of see how these guys pan out. I mean, you draft them that high. Have you seen enough here? I mean, he's still very young. I mean, obviously he has some skills. So Jets who are ready to compete right now. Uh, and yeah, you know, I think you're... I've seen enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're taking a risk, right? But um and and it's you know it's a, and you're really depriving the Cougars in the local area, but I think you do have to, to move him uh, because I, I think you know the flip side of what I said about those those uh, those stat autists like drooling over you have to take the quarterback. It does mitigate the damage of taking the quarterback. I said, oh, you're, it screws your franchise for three years to just cut bait and say, look, there's like still a five or ten percent chance that he's good, and that'd be horrible if it, it's for someone else. But if we can get a fifth round pick for him and move on, I mean, they, they got a second round pick for Rosen and they got a second, fourth and six for Darnold, um, who's better than Wilson, who showed more than Wilson, in my opinion, over the same tenure. And that's a tough thing. That's tough criticism on, on Wilson. Bar. Yeah, it's a low bar. Um, I think you got to because that's how you mitigate the damage. Then it becomes like missing on defensive tackle. Okay. Oh, it's even worse because again, you miss on defensive tackle. Even that first year or two, you didn't destroy your team. You just heard it a little bit but he destroyed the team for two years not just him two years ago but this year he really destroyed the team i mean you know they, they could have had something better if they had gone out and gotten not joe flacco and mike white but they had gotten somebody decent yeah and you know the jets do know how to draft quarterbacks i mean they they had they did draft the number five overall quarterback they did draft geno smith yeah that's Who- the best quarterback they've drafted since <laughs> joe namath and maybe you know, pennington and- pennington in 2000 was all right yeah, I mean, Gino's a free agent. He could he could be available next year, but obviously, you know, franchise tag. And the other thing is Brady. You know, I mean, what what do you think the percentage chance that Brady plays next year? And then, what do you think the percentage chance is that he plays for the Bucks or just another team? So, I I was joking about FTX, and I don't know how much money he lost in that, and he's getting divorced. <laughs> like, I don't know what his financial situation is. I mean, well, he's got guys. a thirty forty million waiting for him at Fox if he wants to do that. So that money's not the thing. It's yeah, he, he wants can, to play. But he, I don't think he's going to be a commentator. You think he will? No, I don't think that he'd be good at it. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, just he doesn't my... have that kind of personality. He's not like that. Like Peyton Manning was like so smooth when he was interviewed or anything. Brady's kind of weird. Um, they would offer it to him, but I don't well, know. If it's he there. Would do it. they, the contract is in place. He signed a contract that when he's oh, done, I didn't know he, that. Yeah, so that he oh, has okay. like well, then, 30, 40 million waiting oh, for him when he retires. So he, so 
So he's going to take it. He signed it. He said, I'm going to do this. Yeah, but he's, it's, it's contingent upon – it's there for him when he wants to retire. And okay, the reason, but it's an the, option. He didn't say, I'm going to definitely do this the year correct, after Correct. It's okay. an option. And the reason that the Fox executives uh, did that was because they were going for renewal of the package and they want to go to their advertisers and say, hey, look, we have name brand guy number one when, when eventually. So right, that was right. why they yeah, did yeah. that early. Well – so, yeah, so I mean, like, I guess if he was just out of desperation, but he's the kind of guy I think he would rather play football if he needed the money than go do that. But who knows? Um, he yeah, probably, doesn't need, he probably year, didn't put all of it in FTX anyway. He probably has a couple hundred mil. Here's sitting. the contract, though, Listen, yeah. It's uh, Brady signs a 10-year deal with Fox worth $375 million. Okay, okay. It's going to be hard for him not to, not to go at least try it out for a while. Um, so... All right, so then there's no financial incentive whatsoever, um, and um, I still think he probably retires. Um, I, just, I just think he's he's still. I mean, he slings the ball around pretty well. He's still yeah. fine, uh, but I think that he could have retired sort of after New England almost, but he stepped into a perfect situation, and so it was sort of like, okay, I went out. I didn't want to go out the way I did losing in New England at the last year. I stepped into a perfect situation, win a Super Bowl. And then get knocked out in overtime in the playoffs against the eventual Super Bowl winner. Situation's perfect. This situation's deteriorated quite a bit. And is he going to find another perfect situation? Maybe he'll go to the Jets. You know, maybe no, no, he, that he won't do. But here's the three <laughs> situations. Why would he go to the Jets? Because the Jet, he hates the Jets. Yeah, that would just that that would be. But why not? That'd be the perfect situation. Because like, if they just need a quarterback and they got the team around him, <laughs> well, because Belichick, also. Yeah, I think the I think that he would either go to San Francisco because Jimmy G is obviously not going to be ready, and if they Trey don't Lance, in, what about Trey well, Lance? Again, if they don't believe in Trey Lance right, and they're ready right. to win, I mean, you see that they'll you know oh, yeah. that's no that would big be deal. so interesting in San Francisco. Yes, and that's where he grew up. That's where he wants to play. And the other yeah. thing is, there's been you know rumors and online stuff that he would have the the um the reunite with New England. Can you imagine if he goes back to the Patriots next year? And they just shelve Mac Jones just for one year. Well, you Mac know, Jones and sucks anyway. I was watching that game. Right. I picked him up for the the prime time. I watched that game. I was like, this dude's just got nothing. He's like scrambles a little. He's like Baker Mayfield with less arm. It's just like he's just a guy. I bet like he'll be like Jared Goff at some point, like have a good year and a good situation. The Patriots have weapons, by the way. That's when what I, I'm when talking I, about. When I look at the Patriots, like Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, uh, Tyquan Thornton looks like a player. Mm-hmm. You know, Devontae Parker's always hurt, but he's good. Myers is a good possession guy. Like, they have, like, a lot of Ramondre catches passes. You know, even Aguilar can make a play. Like, they've got, like, some guys. It's just um, their their offensive line's been bad lately, and Mac Jones just sucks. Right. You well, know, that's so- what I'm saying. So don't you think that that's the story right there, that Brady goes back Bell's to like New Brady win one more Super Bowl together, and then he retires? I mean – he is getting older, right? There is like an age thing that's real, no matter how much adenochrome he's drinking. You know, I, I just think, <laughs> I just think, you know, there is a thing where like he's not going to be playing when he's 60, right? He's not going to be playing when he's 55. Like there's some year where he's just going to not do it, not be able to do it, like physically. It doesn't uh, look like now, though. I'm telling you, I, I see him out there. I know he, he, looks, he looks fine. He looks fine. Yeah. It doesn't look uh, any well, different. I hope, I hope he plays. I think it's good for the game. I yes. like, I like having him in the game. So, Okay, so let me ask you. So let's say that you know now you were already told he's going to play next year. Does that New England thing or San Francisco thing? Do those seem like just? I know you haven't thought about it too much, but do those seem San like San Francisco would be amazing? I mean, amazing. that team, I mean, with those players, those receivers, and like that system, right? That'd be perfect. And they don't need the thing is like you know Trey Lance. If he were good, would be just unbelievable with the running with all that shit going on that they mm-hmm. have. You have McCaffrey and Trey Lance and George Kittle and Debo, Debo like with what he does, and then Ayuk. It's Kittle. way too much. Yeah, there's too many guys that are too good. But 
but the thing is they don't really need a running quarterback when you have so many people to get the ball in the hands of. So in, in some ways, maybe that would just be a distraction and, and having a guy who reads and releases and just gets the ball out to somebody would be perfect. It would be like Jimmy yes. G without the sloppiness and without the mistakes. Um, and, and think about this. Jimmy G is a complete free agent next year. Trey Lance is coming off the broken leg. He's on a rookie contract. It's not cost prohibitive to have him But they'll there. break Trey Lance if they put Brady in. I mean, well, you would you, move him possibly. You could trade Yeah, him. you have to deal him. And you probably get like, you think you, you get, get a, a second still? A I'm, second? Say, I'm saying second without blinking an eye. And then a yeah. desperate team. Because he hasn't depth. failed yet, right? Right. Like, yeah. wouldn't Washington. Trey, Trey Lance to the Jets yep. for a second. And then <laughs> bring in Brady. How about this? Wouldn't the Washington Commanders give a first, like a late first round pick for Trey Lance? I mean, isn't that like an easy call for them? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Because they can't, they're not in striking distance to get a QB. They consider themselves a playoff team. They're, I mean, their team's pretty good. The defense is good. And Chase Young yeah. hasn't even made an impact. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, I mean, I know fake trades are, or it's fun, more fun to talk about. But you know, listen, we're, you're in the fantasy playoffs. If you're listening to this, you know your your lineups are set. You don't. You always talk about how if you want that sort of start sit or who to pick up on the waiver wire. There's a lot of places to get it. So I just always think that this is the more interesting conversation uh, at this time of the year, you know, forward thinking where guys could go and you know, what's the landscape of the NFL going to look like. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Everybody, uh, <laughs> even if you don't, you're not in a fantasy, you care about that stuff. Yep. So I'll tell you, I had, I made a bet with Jeff Erickson. We do this every year and he gave me four teams this is a couple weeks ago and he gets the field and mm-hmm. he's won, I think mostly on this um, who we are four this year you picked so, four, right yeah uh, i regret one now but so yeah. i picked three afc teams and i picked the chiefs and bills obviously everyone's gonna pick the chiefs and bills and then i picked the Bengals when they were only six and four mm. um and that's looking pretty good because i think that those are the only three i think they could win the afc i don't see any other team coming out of the afc except one of those three and then i picked the niners when jimmy g was healthy mm. over the eagles right and i at the time i was like the eagles they've had an easy schedule i think they're gonna struggle a bit and they've done the opposite and the Niners lost their quarterback. I still think the Niners could beat the Eagles, but I would, I would definitely pick the Eagles on a neutral field as, you know, maybe like a four-point favorite at this point, three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Isn't that um, suboptimal, though, to pick three and one? Because don't you – aren't two are already dead right off the bat? What do you mean? Like, so if you're allowed to pick four teams to make the Super Bowl, is it, does it, is it not optimal to pick three AFC teams when you get those choices? Well, I just think you want to pick the best team. You're saying because then you could have a better chance of having both teams in the Super Bowl and just right. And it then out. it's but that's then, not the only way to win because you don't really right. care about having both. You just care about having the winner, right. right? So like, yeah, having both clinches it a week early, but does it matter when you clinch it? It just matters that you clinch it. And so I, I feel like um, that the AFC is going to be favored. If the Eagles, they might not be favored, but over anyone else, the AFC is going to be favored. And I didn't at the time. This is a couple of weeks ago. I didn't like the Eagles as the top NFC team, and so I was like, "Well, um, just let me make sure I have that AFC AFC team." And you know, and I've gotten lucky. The Ravens, Dolphins, like Patriots, whoever have completely cratered since then. Even the Titans. There's really no like. Tell me who else in the AFC you could even consider besides the Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills. I would have said the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, but it, it's not, you know, the weather's turning cold and the passing game is kind of not looked as, as sharp. But uh, I, I'm just curious. You just said something interesting, though, with the uh, if it's the Bengals and the Eagles in the Super Bowl neutral territory, what oh, would the uh, Eagles will be favored by? Like, I was going to ask you, what like would the Chris list sports or the Oscar list uh, sports book? What would that? Uh, what would he uh, like three, three or four? But three. The thing, but the thing is, the thing is, though, that. um 
how they perform in the playoffs is going to affect this, right? right? So if the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, right? You can't look at the current Bengals. They will have, have had to beat the Chiefs and or Bills. Right. So if they beat both of those teams, then people won't be like, oh, they, you know, they'll be like the Eagles are in for it because they just lit up these two teams. But um, so whoever gets through the AFC is going to be looking pretty strong right. by then. And, I, I, you know, Garoppolo isn't great, but I think it does hurt the Niners that, that they lost him and, um, we'll see. I mean, hurt, they've had soft teams. I mean, the giants were just, they don't have anyone, you know, that the teams they've beaten up on aren't very good. And if they, um, play a good team, let's see how Hertz does. You know, Hertz has been great, but let's see how he does against, you know, top defenses. I'm surprised people don't consider Dallas at least a threat for the Super Bowl in the NFC. I mean, it's just because of that past, uh, performances is it people don't believe in Dak I mean they they look I mean, know that they were life and death with Houston but that's the NFL that happens but the week before that they just like you know stepped on the throat of their opponent and they was put up 50 plus points you know I mean why they're a threat no well um that was the Colts that they destroyed yes. I, I I I actually considered them as my NFC team also but I just keep thinking Mike McCarthy and yeah. you know it's kind of like you know the playoffs yeah, you could be the 85 Bears and just roll over everybody and it doesn't really matter. But usually in the playoffs, it's going to come down to some decision. tight decision-making and you know pr- high-pressure performance from the coach and the players and the, and the coach getting the players, helping get the players to be in that focused mode where they're not being distracted. And I would just bet against McCarthy on that almost every time. You know, I just think like that's going to be a hurdle to overcome. You know, I, I, it's weird, but a team with like a bad kicker, Dallas has a good kicker, but like a team with a bad kicker, like, that sketches me out because you're going to be in a situation where, oh shit, like we, you know, we can't even play for this field goal. Now we got to do something mm-hmm. risky on fourth and eight or something, or you do play for the field goal and you miss it. And right. in a, in a, in a you game, missed that's, the 47 yarder, you know, in, right. Or you're, you're shitting your pants on the 47 yarder. Whereas if it's right. Tucker, you're like, okay, this is, this is a done deal. So I don't know. I, maybe I'm overrating that, but I do think like, the reason certain things are, are not rated very highly is so many games have wider margins where the kicker makes no difference at all. But just let's talk about the ones that don't. And then all of a sudden, like that starts to be magnified quite a bit. Mike McCarthy went 12 and five with Dallas last year, lost to the 49ers. I mean, he's hot seat again if they go out early. I mean, I think he's hot seat if they win the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just, I mean, he, I, I don't know. He, maybe he'll, you know, maybe he's good at something, you know, or maybe he's they're winning despite him. They're not winning because of I, that's what I think. And yeah. I just saw him make so many terrible decisions with green Bay with Rogers when Rogers is really at his peak. Yeah. And I, it's hard for me to re- he, rehabilitate he, him. You know, I, he's like an ankle weight on a marathon runner, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. So yeah, no, it's more like that, a, a vest, like a vest with weight. You know, like <laughs> right. <heavy> vest. <laughs> it's like you're climbing Mount Everest and you've got like a 300 pound vest on. Right. The training know? vest, the training yeah. vest. That's so exactly. true. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I guess the, the last uh, thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, some of the running backs that, uh, sorry, sorry, not the running backs. Uh, I want to ask you about Kyler Murray, right? I mean, is it safe to say that for fantasy football, he's not going to be available until November 1st or certainly, for... I don't know. I don't know. Cause ACL, right. D- right. Happened in December. He'll, he'll be re- I think he'll be ready for week one. I think he'll be, wow. you know, a little, I, I don't think like he'll hey, be like guys. scrambling as much, you know, yeah. but I think he'll be ready. I, some running, you know, sometimes a running back receiver gets ready. Godwin was ready for week one last year and you know, Beckham didn't make it back, but I, I think Murray's young. He'll, he'll be ready, but, I would fade him because he won't be scrambling like that. And he's not that good. I mean, right now, straight up, same money, say, which it's not. 
Yeah. Kyler Murray or Danny Dimes? You're a franchise. You just pick one. You know you got the injury to Murray. You're starting your franchise. You've, you've, we're all drafting new from scratch from the NFL pool, including pros Real and NFL. college. Real, Real NFL. NFL pool, pros and college. And you and me, we're both waiting on QB for quite a while. We've built up other positions. And it's your pick. And you want to take a QB. You're taking Dimes or Murray. They're both available. And is this uh, finance agnostic? Because Danny Dimes is not, is only going to take up, you know, yeah, no, 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 finance agnostic. Like, you okay, know, it's, it's, and then obviously I'm still going to go Kyler Murray, you know, and, and even with but, the injury coming off the yeah, injury. Yeah, I'm not confident about it. I could totally see this turned upside down, but yeah, I'm I'm biased by pedigree. But Dimes was picked six, but right. did, although he was a reach at six, but the Gettle Chad, the Gettle Chad knew. <laughs> but this just goes to show you though the power. Would you of take what, right now Dimes or Haskins? Too soon, too soon. Haskins, Haskins. Haskins. <laughs> it's a it's a dead pick. Dead yeah, pick. Oh, it's oh wait, too soon. Yeah, too, no, soon. Yeah. No, um, too soon. No, um resurrect his career. <laughs> oh, too oh, soon. Not soon enough. Not yeah. soon enough. But it just shows goes to show you the power of one point one. It's so different than anything else. I mean, how many chances did Sam Bradford get? Right. One point one is a powerful it these guys just get more and more chances. That's why I said earlier that Baker Mayfield is not dead yet. Because look at Jared Goff. If he was what if he was like the sixteenth pick or the ninth pick in the draft, he would probably have been treated like Josh Ro- Josh Rosen. Yeah, and the the circle back just the last thing with the Kyler Murray thing is that wasn't he the guy that needed like the study clause in his contract? So he I did, guess really did. what I'm, I'm worried did. about. Yeah, he does not need a study clause. No, yeah, exactly. And what I'm saying, do you think that that has any effect? And then it's just a you know, uh, it's not a question that needs answering. But do you think that affects his rehab? Will he work as hard to get you know back to where he needs I mean, to be? And you know, I, that- I really don't know enough about him. I just know that, and and I don't think Kingsbury. I think Kingsbury is a bad coach, actually. But I just know that whenever I watch Kyler Murray, I see him do amazing things. I see him mm-hmm. make crazy throws, amazing scrambles. But it's like herky-jerky. It's not um, – in fact, I prefer Justin Fields to him. Like, I think Justin Fields is a bit herky-jerky. Mm-hmm. But Fields, to me, like, just has that big arm. And, like, it's just – to me, he's just, like, a more of a badass quarterback. More, like, has more, like, um, instinct and feel for it than Kyler does. Um, and so, like – and that, and also, I just think there's just more upside. But, but Kyler Murray, it's just like I just never see that. Like, you know, when a there's a great offense on the field, and it's like short pass, crisp, pass crisp, over the middle, yeah. crisp handoff, quarterback scramble, like quarterback, and it's just like in rhythm. And yep. you're just like, wow, this is an ensemble machine. You see it with Mahomes, Josh Allen all the time, Burrow, uh, Brady, Brady. Aaron Rodgers. I just almost never see that with the Cardinals. It's like third and 10 and then he makes a 30 yard run. And then it's like third and seven. And he like scrambles and throws a a pass on the run to Hopkins. Who's cutting. Like it's never crisp. It's never smooth. It's I always made I made the joke one time that it's like a, a high school fire drill. Remember when you're in high school in the fire drill, everyone saw it as like a party and you're just running all over the place. It wasn't organized and right. everyone's supposed to go out there. Yeah, it's just like total chaos. But somehow everyone gets out of the building. Right. You know, if there's so, a real fire, though, probably. Right. Not. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll do the George Costanza. You remember in that that he pushed an old lady out of the way. He came out of the can. They thought there was a fire. He had no shirt on. <laughs> He's pushed everyone out of the way. Yeah, knocked yeah. over old lady. So. All right, that's it. That's a good that's a that's a great way to end, Alan. I, I appreciate that. <laughs>